Welcome back to the ENS Hoover Show. I want to bring another video to you. Uh, there's another property that I'm thinking about buying. And I wanted to run through where I'm at with this property and, uh, you know, just kind of go over the, the overall thought process on this particular property. So let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to share my screen again here. Okay, so I got this email about a week ago uh, for this property for sale. It's in uh, Washington, PA, which is a little bit higher populated area than the last video we did. You can see the, the lovely uh, puppy here uh, on the screen. And uh, this is the house. Now, uh, this is like a decorative brick and then a frame construction. Uh, not exactly the greatest curb appeal in the world. And then uh, right after I got this email, first thing I did was check the MLS. Has it been listed for sale recently? No, it hasn't. Uh, I went and did a uh, Google map uh, view of the property and noticed that uh, it's right next to a big parking lot, like a big commercial parking lot. So uh, clearly not flip worthy. Uh, so then we need to break this down as a rental property, right? Because nobody's going to want to, you know, live next to, it's actually a church with a huge parking lot, um, you know, that's going to really lower the after repair value if we're going to think about doing this as a flip, right? So um, basically from here on out, I am looking at this as a uh, rental property. Starting price is $60,000. Uh, and that's the starting price right now. Uh, these are our wholesalers again, which I've talked about in previous videos that I'll, I'll link to right here uh, when it comes to easy ways to get invested in real estate or get started investing in real estate with little or no money down. Uh, that's a whole, one of the ways that we talked about in that video was wholesaling. And that's what this guy is. He's not a licensed real estate agent. Uh, he sends me properties that he has locked up under a contract and he's going to sign that contract to me and he's going to make whatever the difference is between what he locked it up for and uh, you know what I purchased the property for. Uh, it's a three bedroom, two bathroom home built in 1920, 1500 square foot. I don't know how accurate uh, that information is. They want $60,000 or more because that's the starting price. And he was hoping to get into, I'm assuming a, a bidding war of some sort, which to be honest with you, the property is not in horrible condition. It's actually very livable. However, it's not really the quality of rental that I would want to have in its current condition. Uh, so I'm gonna have to invest some money in, right? Um, so just taking a, a real quick look at the, uh, the, the actual photos of the property. And these are photos that he took, not, uh, not that I took. Uh, I did go visit the property. It does have central AC. Uh, this is the back of the house, kind of weird looking from the back. It does have a two-car garage uh, that maybe has some, you know, borderline foundation things to look at, some step cracks and some shifting going on uh, with that garage in the back. Uh, there it is right there, but it's definitely uh, appealing to have a two-car garage. Uh, and then the floorings, you know, they were, uh, you know, laminate floors, just not something I'm going to have. I usually want to do a luxury vinyl planking uh, or a hardwood or a tile floor in my rental property, something more durable. Uh, laminate, I tend to, you know, have to turn that over too many times. It's basically like carpet. It's a, a one-use throwaway in most scenarios. Uh, this is the kitchen. Uh, not, not a bad kitchen. Now, they did tell me they were taking the appliances uh, from the house, so... Again, that's another, they had some decent stainless steel appliances. Uh, so that's going to be some money, but even like these cabinets, I might be able to get away with keeping these cabinets. I'm going to have to take a second look at them, but there's a good chance that I might end up saying like this whole kitchen needs to be scrapped. 
uh, and then we, we get into uh, the living room area here. Or no, this is the dining room, I'm sorry. And then the living room, uh, you can't really tell from the photos, but it's just drywall because they had a big leak at one point and the whole ceiling collapsed. Uh, the AC and furnace do appear to be newer, 90% efficiency. The hot water tank's older. That will need replaced eventually. I don't know why he took a picture of the water tank or the water line coming in. Uh, this is one of the bathrooms. This is probably one of the least, the rooms that needs the least amount of attention. I probably can get away with keeping it as is. Um, it, it's cute. Um, the color's probably not my thing, but it, it'll work for a rental. Um, so pretty much I'm looking at, I'm going to need new flooring, new paint, a new kitchen, uh, maybe a little bit of bathroom work. Uh, and then outside is probably where the biggest expenses are going to come. It does have a newer roof, uh, but some of the shingles have blown off. The gutters blown off. This needs attention too, where the, uh, uh, the stairs go to the attic that should fit in nice and snug, uh, and shouldn't be hanging down like that. And to be honest with you, I usually don't like my tenants to have any attic access period. So I might even just try and uh, board that up completely and not have access to the attic. Um, so on that roof, even though it's newer, uh, some of the shingles have bl blown off. So uh, I'm going to have to put some money into the roof, rehang the gutter. Uh, and then the side deck is is old. It's very small, so it shouldn't be too much to, to replace it. And then the front deck uh, is also uh, pretty weathered as well. So at least going to have to replace some wood in the front deck as well. So uh, those are just some things that, you know, I, I want to take into consideration. I'm going to go ahead and pull up my spreadsheet here and we will uh, run through that real quick here. Okay, so I got our budget pulled up here. We're going to go through this real quick. And just to let you know, I already did basic math and pretty much decided I was not going to buy this property. Uh, so I, I texted the uh, wholesaler back, said, hey, um, you know what? It's just not for me. Uh, the ARV is just not there. There's too much work that needs to be redone, even though the house is in decent shape. It's livable. It's just not my livable, right? Uh, so it might not my quality of tenant livable anyways. So uh, I already told him I'm not interested. And then as I kind of thought, he hit me up a couple of days later. He's like, hey, what about for mid 40s? OK, well, now in mid 40s, we're thinking about a little bit better. Now, first things first, uh, if we do some math here. So if I pull up my calculator. Calculator. OK, so uh, if the big thing is I think the, the max ARV on this is $120,000, okay? So if I use $120,000 ARV, and really you shouldn't use max ARV, you should be conservative on this number, but I, I can see how an appraiser could actually appraise it higher. I just would be super comfortable with $120,000 or less of an ARV, okay? Now my banks will refinance me at 80%. Uh, of that. So if I uh, take the 120,000, I times that by uh, 0.8. That means I need to be into this property for less than $96,000. At $60,000 purchase price, if I put 30 into it, my numbers become super, super close on this. Okay. So that's one thing that you have to pay attention to. And remember, I'm also going to be uh, using what we call other people's money, OPM, right? So I'm paying a monthly interest payment on this property, and that's going to, uh, you know, hurt the the overall numbers because just just say, okay, let's say I take, uh, you know, a ninety five thousand dollar loan on this property. 
Uh, so we'll do the math on this guy. I don't know why I was using the one next to me. So if I clear this out and say we take a $95,000 loan on this property, which honestly I shouldn't, I should take less than a 95,000, but I'm just doing it, just doing these numbers to, to show you guys what I'm talking about here. The, uh, you know, the interest rate with a private money loan is going to run me somewhere in the neighborhood of 1100 and eighty-seven dollars a month. Now that could I, sometimes I get a little bit better interest, uh, so it might be a little bit lower than that. But uh, it's it's better to assume the worst, right? So, and I think it's going to take me at least two months to, uh, to before I get a tenant in there, and then I'll start breaking even because I think I could rent that place for anywhere between like a thousand and twelve hundred dollars a month, depending on how hot the rental market is and, and uh, you know all that good stuff. So um, I'm going to have at least twenty-four hundred dollars. Uh, in payments that I need to factor into my numbers as well. Let's go back to the budget here. The roof, as I said, is going to need some attention, not a full roof replacement, unless that roofer who put it on just did horrible. Um, so I'm going to put in $2,500 for the roof cost. Uh, the gutter is still there. It just needs reattached. So I think I could probably get that done for about $500. Um, Exterior paint is something I'd probably want to do eventually, but it's not a glaring need and it is going to be a rental property. So I'm not too, too worried about that. Uh, driveway, walkway, there are some cracks in the driveway, nothing too crazy. The HVAC system was pretty good. The electrical seemed okay. Uh, the plumbing, obviously there's people living there, uh, didn't appear to be any major issues with plumbing. Uh, doors, and then maybe there's a door here or there that needs replaced because, you know, they did have some larger dogs and stuff in the property. But again, just a quick look through. I didn't go super detailed on my look through because I kind of already knew uh, just from the first room or two that I wasn't going to be interested at 60 grand. Um, windows, the windows were all relatively newer within the last 15 years. They were double pane, not too worried about that. But here's where we're getting the money, right? Interior paint. A good rule of thumb is you're going to be looking at like $350 a room. Uh, there's a dining room, a kitchen, a living room. There's three bedrooms. Uh, so if we do 350 times, let's just say 12 rooms, that's 4,200 bucks. I'm going to round up and say $5,000 for painting. Kitchen, if I do decide to put a new kitchen to that place, which I probably should, uh, that's gonna, it's a small kitchen. That's going to cost me about, uh, well, if, if I have appliances in a separate category, which I'm going to need those anyways, it's going to cost me about $4,000 for a new kitchen. That's new cabinets uh, and hardware and, and, and stuff like that, right? Uh, the flooring is going to be accounted for in a different category here. So that's why that kitchen number is actually pretty low. Uh, bathrooms, again, I'm going to try and get away with not touching the bathrooms too much, but I'm going to say $1,000 in the bathrooms if I have to replace a vanity or some flooring or, or whatever the deal is. Uh, drywall. I didn't see too much in there. There's some drywall finishing in the living room. So we'll just say $750 in, in the drywall category. Uh, flooring, carpet, tile, uh, all that good stuff. I'm pretty much going to need flooring throughout the whole house and it's 1400 square foot. I'm going to do about, uh, you know, $3 a square foot in flooring there. So that's going to be, I'm going to round up and say that's $5,000. You always want to round up. Better to round up than to round down. Uh, you want to be conservative with these numbers. The garage, I didn't think there was a ton to do there. 
Um, like I said, there, there are some shifting in the blocks and stuff, but nothing too crazy. So I'll probably do some like caulking and, and just kind of shore up the, the garage. I'll put a couple hundred bucks into it. Uh, I did not get a good look at the garage roof. So that's something that could be uh, a concern down the road. Um, and that's, uh, that's why we, we have a contingency budget, right? Appliances, it's going to cost me $1,500 for, I'm just going to put some black appliances in there. Stainless steel will be closer to 2000 uh, basement. There wasn't a whole lot in the basement, but you know, I, my typical thing is, is I do like to go in and dry lock the basement. Uh, that's going to cost me a thousand dollars. And again, I don't have to do that. It was a relatively dry basement, but I, it also, I went and saw the property during a week when we hadn't had any rain for probably over five or six days. So it was pretty dry, but maybe it's not dry when it's, when it's raining outside. Uh, foundation looked good. Framing, I don't have to worry about. The drop ceiling, there wasn't really any drop ceiling. Uh, contingency. Okay, so right now we are at $21,750. A good rule of thumb is 10 to 15%. Uh, so that's going to be basically between like two and $3,000. Uh, so for my contingency, I'm going to say $3,000. And then I'm going to say I'm going to have three rent, three payments I'm going to have to make before I get an actual tenant into the property. Because again, if I'm not renting the property, I have to pay a property manager to rent it. So I'm going to have to lose a month of rent there. Uh, I may rent it myself because it's not too far from my house, but I just have to factor that number in there. So if my payment's 1200 times three, that's $3,600 in payments that I'm going to pay before my tenant starts making my payments. And then I can refinance at that point. Okay, adding all of that up puts us in at a $28,350 uh, rehab. So let's just round up and say we have a $30,000 rehab. If I buy this place at $45,000, I'm going to have some, some closing costs. So let's just round up and say $50,000. I'm going to put $30,000 to his eighty. I could potentially, if I get my 120 number, I could potentially cash out refinance and put about... Ten to fifteen thousand dollars in my pocket on the back end of this transaction, and then rent this place and make a couple hundred bucks a month, potentially. Now, here's where I could get screwed. Okay, if we talk about our ARV, so let's say I get an appraiser in there, and the appraiser doesn't agree with me uh, that that place is worth a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So let's say the appraisal comes in at a hundred and five thousand dollars. Now, remember, I'm all into this for eighty thousand. Uh, and we're at 105,000. Point point 0.8 takes me to $84,000. So now instead of cashing out $15,000, I'm cashing out after closing costs maybe two to three grand if that comes in at 105 or 100, I'm breaking even. So those are the, the things that you have to take into consideration. What if I don't get the appraisal I want on this place? Uh, is it going to make sense? So I have to answer back to this wholesaler today, and this video is going to be a little delayed. So, um, you know, it's it, this could be a done deal by the time this video launches, and hopefully it is because I don't need any more competition, right? If any of, of uh, the people watching this video are people who saw this property. Um, so if I lock this up at 45000 it's a borderline deal. It, it could make sense. Now, the other side of things is, is how is it going to be on the actual monthly uh, expenses side of things. And I'm going to show you guys that real quick here, uh, but I'm going to have to pause and come back to you while I set up.
real quick while I'm uh, doing my breakdown, I just wanted to show you, this is the software I use. It's called deal check. If you don't have it, I highly recommend you go to do it. You can also get uh, breakdowns like this on, you know, bigger pockets and some other websites too, but get yourself a, a, you know, if you're doing flips, get yourself a flip calculator or a rental property calculator. But right away, uh, my numbers were 120 ARV. And in my head, I said max $1,200 uh, in rent. Look at this. Uh, Realtor.com, 122. Zillow, 120. Rentcast, $1,200 a month. Zillow's estimate, $1,200 a month. Now, those tend to be a little high again. So you want to take those with a grain of salt. But man, that was just from ballparking and knowing the area. I really did not dig in and check those. So I wanted to show that real quick. I was pretty excited about that. Okay, so here's my breakdown. After everything's said and done, I put in there my property management expenses, my capital expenditures. Uh, I put in there my my repairs estimate. I put in there, uh, I did a little bit lower on the rent. I did 1100 because I think I could probably rent it for 1100 pretty easily uh, and broke everything down. And then this is, this is what we're looking at. I would make $26 a month cash flow, a 6.8% cap rate, a 10% cash on cash return. This would be after I refinance. So this is after I put probably ten dollars to $15,000 in my pocket and rented for a little bit lower than I probably could rent it for. So this is just something to take a look at. And these are the things that you have to understand when getting into real estate investing. I'm okay with a basically break even. I put $15,000 in my pocket. I break even. I refinance. Uh, I, I'm pulling in no money. Just say no money because you're going to lose some money uh, here and there too. You're going to have a tenant doesn't pay rent. You're occasionally going to have an eviction. Uh, I mean, you just you're going to make no money on this property over a 15 year stretch. But again, we talked we talked about this in the last property that, that I did. The power of owning real estate is the long term, right? This is not a get rich quick scheme. Okay, I don't need the cash flow on a monthly basis. That's what I have my my real estate sales. That's what I have my real estate brokerage for. That's what I have my flips for. Uh, my rental property investing is for the long term. Okay. And the long term uh, on top of the tax benefits I'm going to get is that that property that's worth 120 now uh, in, you know, 10 years is going to be worth, uh, you know, let's see, it's going to be worth 162,000. And in 20 years, it's going to be worth 218000 right? Uh, those are, that's what you're in it for. You're in it for the long-term building wealth and the long-term ability. So, you know, let's say I have, uh, by the time I'm retirement age, uh, which I'm quite a long ways away from that, but let's say by the time I'm 60, that's in 26 years, if I get to a point where I have 300 units and 150 of them are paid off, and those 150 units are pulling in a ton of cash flow for me. And then the other 150 units, I keep cashing out and pulling big, large, some chunks and putting them into my bank account. I can live a really nice, comfortable life for the remainder of my life based on owning real estate. So that's the power of owning real estate. So don't look at cash flow, okay? Cash flow, in my opinion, cash flow is a pipe dream. Do I have some properties that I consistently cash flow on? Yes, but consistently over a, a huge rental portfolio uh, or even a small rental portfolio, you're not going to cash flow consistently. You're going to have years where you have to evict some tenants. There's huge damages caused uh, and, and there's just headaches that come along with rental property investing. So take that in consideration. This is a long game, not a short game. I want to do this quick video for you. I'm going to uh, strategically launch this to be after the deal is either already done or just a, a, not a deal at all uh, so that it, it could be educational and I don't hurt myself on the competition side of things. 
Until next time, this is the ENS Hoover Show signing off.